This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I can tell you, we are going to have such a great time on the program today because in the pre-chat that I did with my guest, we just took off in a hundred different directions and I got so excited it sounded like I'd had two gallons of coffee. Um, so please join me in welcoming Patrick Shepler to our program today. Welcome. Patrick. Thank you, Deb. It's so great to be here, and I did enjoy that conversation as well, and I feel like I've had that much caffeine also. I know. You know, it, it was funny. I've, I've shared, you know, and my listeners know, originally we did the program from Denver, and then we moved to Atlanta several years ago, and I had a, a person not long after I moved here who came up to me here in Atlanta, and he said he'd been listening to my programs, and then he paused, and he said, darling, Y'all need to slow down. <laughs> I will cry today then. Yeah, it's like, no, no, you know, we just, we just go 900 miles an hour. But part of that is because the topic is so exciting and so much fun. Um, and, you know, we're, we probably will go 900 different directions, but it's going to be great fun. But before we start, let me give folks just a little bit of information about you. So Patrick is a seasoned leadership professional. He consults with companies and individuals on leadership development and changing company cultures. He refined his leadership style by serving 14 years in the Marine Corps. He has experience in the nonprofit sector as a director of human resources and in the for-profit sector as a general manager of a manufacturing facility. Patrick is the founder, author of The Leadership Minute. This is a video and text series that gives daily leadership and self-development advice. He is transforming this into a series of books that focus on leadership development for individuals with varying degrees of leadership training. So first and foremost, Patrick, thank you so much for your service to our country. That's always, you know, something I want to make sure that we thank you for. So how did you get from being a gunny to where you are now and having this great company that helps other companies? Yeah, so when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was really lost and not sure what I was going to do next. So I ended up getting a job in the nonprofit sector as a director of human resources, super excited. I absolutely loved the people that I worked with, but I realized a lot of them didn't have a lot of experience in leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a result, that affected the company in some negative ways. And I thought to myself, all right, there has to be a change. There has to be something different. And maybe this is just the nonprofit sector. So from there, I, I transitioned over to the for-profit sector, and I seen the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had seen individuals who were running a plant that had no prior leadership experience, mm-hmm. uh, no formal training, and as a result, it was costing the company almost $100,000 a year in lost profit and overtime because of that improper leadership. So I, I thought to myself, something's got to be done. There has to be training offered, and you can go and you can offer you know, you can look and there's training all over the place, Mm -hmm. but it's not customized to that company, to that employee, you know, what's really going to work in in their area and fit for them. So that's why I started this Epic Leadership Program itself. Right. 
You know, one of the things that we didn't mention in your bio is that you do have a master's degree in human resource management. And, and so, you know, and, and with honors and then, of course, your, your training in the Marines. So you come at this from a very experienced and knowledgeable perspective. Yeah, it's something that, you know, I really felt needed to be addressed and needed somebody with some experience because you can, you know, you can go on the internet and you can find any type of training again, but who knows what's really behind that. Mm-hmm. So I like to bring that methodology, that experience, um, the education piece of it, as well as my personal experience and customize that training for individuals. Right. So tell us, what is the Epic Leadership Method? So the Epic Leadership Method combines the six basic human needs along with effective communication um, and emotional intelligence to develop inexperienced and experienced professionals to become the best personal and professional leader. Mm-hmm. So I need to make sure that, you know, you're not just a leader at work or at home, right? You have to have kind of that combined sense. It's hard to turn that leadership hat off. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we go through and, you know, basically the epic portion where we evaluate the six basic needs, prioritize the needs to be addressed, Mm -hmm. implement changes, and then confirm that desired outcome has been addressed. But we look at it from that personal and perspective personal and professional perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's really a way, I'm sorry, go ahead, Deb. Oh, no, I was going to say, one of the things that I'm always curious about is, are people born leaders or do they have to learn those skills? Or is it kind of a combination? You know, I think it's, that's a great question. It's, it's got to be a combination. There's some people that are just natural born leaders. Mm-hmm. There are others that work really hard to become leaders, but you can, if you're, committed, you can develop that leadership um, within yourself and truly inspire it in others. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's interesting because we've all worked with or for or seen people who are in a leadership role who really aren't good leaders. Um, you know, and, and, and it's funny, you know, people will, obviously part of that depends on your perspective, but you know, we, we do, right. We have people who, you know, maybe they thought, maybe they got promoted for great reasons or, you know, sometimes maybe not so great reasons, or they're the owner of the company or, you know, they volunteered, you know, all these various things, but they don't have what it takes to be a good leader. So let's, let's kind of start with that. What does it take to be, a, 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 and maybe I shouldn't say good leader, maybe I should use the term effective leader instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, it, it truly takes looking out for your employees. Right? They truly have to be number one. Mm-hmm. If you take care of them, there's no way you're not going to be successful yourself. Right. And, I, and I'll go back to exactly what you said. There's a lot of individuals that we see that got promoted and now they're not sure what to do. Maybe they were great in their job, right? They did a really wonderful job. Like, Hey, you know what? We're going to reward you. We're going to promote you, but they don't receive any leadership training. Right. So it's great. They were good in that position, but now what? And they're lost and they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Most new leaders don't receive any type of training for two to five years in their leadership role. So automatically all they're realizing are those people that came before them, that old guard of leadership. Mm -hmm. Right, a lot of people from their com- from different companies have that saying. Well, if you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. Right, and that's w- that's what I consider the old guard of leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, taking care of our employees in that way completely does them a disservice. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we, we sit down and they have a complaint. We say, well, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Well, why not sit down and talk to them, figure out what is it that's bothering you? Is there a way we can implement a change to make things better? And how can we make sure that it's a great work environment for our employees? Or I want an individual who's excited, who's ready to come to work, not somebody who sits in the parking lot for a couple minutes before they clock in because they just don't want to be there at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and what so many companies know but don't actually do is that important part of employee retention. You know, it is, it is so expensive to a company when you have turnover. Um, you know, and, and it, you have, you know, if you, if you lose, whether it's, you know, a, a basic level employee all the way up to, to, you know, very skilled leadership management positions, when you have to replace somebody, it's just so much of a pain and it costs money, it costs time, all these various things. So I don't understand why more companies don't say, hmm, why don't we make the people happy who are here? Now, obviously, a hundred percent of the people aren't a happy a hundred percent of the time. You know, that, that, that is that little part in your job description that we all love other duties to be assigned. You know, you get those and you're like, Oh yeah. Right. But you know, it, it is a fairly easy process to work with people in a way that you can keep them as opposed to losing them. Yeah. And, People need to understand, and that's still that old guard mentality that a lot of our companies have of, well, turnover is an acceptable thing for Right. Us. Yeah. They, they have that as a line item. You know, okay, yeah. well, we're going to lose 10% of our employees every year. Exactly. And what they don't realize, or they may not realize, is according to the Society of Human Resource Management, to replace one minimum wage worker is $4,300 right. for one minimum wage employee. So if we add that up and you're losing... You know, right now the national average is right around 18% mm-hmm. of your workforce. You know, you're truly costing your company tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. when all we need to do is take care of them. Right. But imagine you go in and you yell at one of your employees and say, hey, you know what? If you don't like it, get out of here. And they, they go back to work because they want, they want that paycheck. Right. But then they deal with your customer. Mm-hmm. Now what happens? They're going to have that attitude with your customer. Right. And that's now going to affect your sales. So you're not just you know, talking that one turnover, that turnover generates uncertainty within the company, uncertainty within other employees. And then what happens, they're all on edge. It affects your sales and it truly can ruin a company very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and sometimes it is easier to say, fine, go somewhere else than to deal with the issue or the problem. Um, you know, and, and, but, but as you said, it's, it, it spirals. You know, you've got that person who goes back to their desk, back to their workspace, you know, back to wherever, grumble, grumble, mumble, mumble. And, you know, and, and they're at the coffee machine and they're grumble, grumble, mumble, mumble. And, and then it kind of spreads out from there. And, and you know, then like, you know, as, as you mentioned, then they're dealing with the customer and they're like, hi, fine. Can I take your order? You know, and, and um, my, my husband jokes about we were in a, a restaurant one time in uh, Tennessee and he ordered the hamburger and it came with french fries or coleslaw and so he and he loves coleslaw and so he looked at this waitress who i laughingly say was 90 years old and and you know and and like the old uh, you know the 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 total stereotype of the the uh waitress in a in a diner and you know with her gum and all of that and and he said you know how's your coleslaw and she said well it used to be good oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and it was okay. Don't think we're going to order the coleslaw. <laughs> you know? I appreciate it. Right, right. You know, and, and it was like, okay, did you sit it on the counter for too long, or did you change <laughs> recipes, or do you just not like to cook today? But you know, just that attitude right there. We went okay. Well, now we're not sure we want to eat here. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and and how many times have we dealt with somebody where it was like, uh, you know, I, I just don't know. I'm getting such a vibe from them. I'm going to deal with this company uh, just the minimal amount that I have to. Yeah. And it's the sad part about that is, again, it's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't have those new managers don't have that experience or right training to go and truly address those situations mm-hmm. with their employees. So what do we do? We sweep them under the rug mm-hmm. and it compounds. And then you right. get an employee that does that exact type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really hard because a lot of individuals, we don't, we avoid confrontation, mm-hmm. right? Most individuals, especially new managers will avoid it mm-hmm. instead of, you know, one of those emotional intelligence domains is that relationship management. How can we go up to them? How can we discuss situations with those difficult employees and have those difficult conversations? Well, we need to have that training. Otherwise, we get into these situations. Right. Well, and we mentioned that it spreads in the workplace because when, you know, say you and I are working together at a company and I've got the attitude problem, but you're the hard worker. Well, then you start seeing that I'm, you know, pissy and cranky and still getting ahead, and you're thinking, well, why should I try as hard? Um, you know, and, and that's where that really starts spreading is it really does bring down morale because we think, well, why should I try really hard when, you know, Bob and Sue over there are just doing a, a halfway job and they're still getting, you know, getting paid the same amount that I do, um, you know, and, and so that's, you know, and, and then we have the opposite problem. We have the manager that knows they're supposed to fire somebody and, and they, for whatever reason, don't. Um, you know, because of this, we can't have turnover, all these various things. And so it's a tricky situation for a manager to be in. So talk to us about some of the leadership training that you provide to, to get these people up to speed to be that great manager. Yeah, so one of the first things we do is we'll go through, I have a course, it's a 20-day course on building the foundations of epic leadership. Okay. And we'll go through, what are those six basic human needs to you and both your performance? mean to you in your personal and your professional life. So the first five days out of that is that self-evaluation for us. Okay. What does it mean? How does that affect our employees? How does it affect our family or our friends? And then the week after that, we start looking at, okay, what needs do we need to immediately address? Mm -hmm. Right. Those concerns that you brought up that truly affect your employees, whether it's certainty, variety, uh, significance, connection, growth, or contribution. Mm -hmm. Which ones do we need to prioritize first? And we'll take a look at that over the next five days. Then from there, we'll go into making actual implementations and goals for the next one month, three months, and six months. So that way there's an immediate impact change and we can address it every month to make sure that we're on the right path. Mm-hmm. And that allows us to, again, confirm that those desired outcomes have been achieved. So that's one of the programs that I do. Another one that I'll do is I'll actually come out to the company. I'll talk to some employees. I'll get a feel for that culture. And I'll present my findings to the, um, to the CEO, to the board, whoever hired me out there, and develop a customized training based off what their employees said that they need or they lack from that company. And a lot of times it has to do with 
that first level supervisor. Mm -hmm. right? 90% of individuals who voluntarily leave their company do so because that first level manager. Right. So it's about let's get them the leadership training, how to deal with difficult employees. Right. What do you do when you need to have those conversations that you don't want to, you really don't want to have? Mm -hmm. Or a lot of times, you know, you get that one employee we continue to turn to for everything. Like, oh, hey, you know, this person can't get their job done, but can you help me out with this? You know, and we keep piling that work on them until now one of our best employees wants to leave because mm -hmm. they're doing too much of the workload. Or one of my favorites is you and your best friend are working together and now all of a sudden you're their manager. Oh, <laughs> so. Hi. You know, those are the type of trainings that I love to go in. I love to give um, and help out. Mm -hmm. Now, we do have listeners that are not uh, local, uh, and you're in Michigan, you know, and, and I'm assuming that you would travel, but do you also have uh, programs that, that can be done virtually over the internet? Yeah, so almost all of them can actually be done virtually. I can sit down and schedule um, some meetings with your employees. I also can send out surveys to them. Um, that'll help me create programs and things through it. In fact, I just started taking most of my business virtual anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been traveling about 15, 16 days a month. Wow. And I've got a wife and five kids. And five? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So they, uh, they are ready for me to be home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I do coaching for executives, coaching for individual managers, for people mm -hmm. who want to be managers, and even for people that just want to be that better leader for their family as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and there's so many ways where we can and, and, you know, be leaders. As you mentioned, family is, is a huge one. Many people also volunteer, you know, and, and maybe they want to just, you know, chair a committee or run an entire, you know, uh, program organization, whatever it is. But, you know, leadership training isn't limited to just the, the C-suite folks. Absolutely. And that's what gets the most focus. And yet they, they're already up there. They've experienced a lot of it and they still need that training, that reinforcement. Mm -hmm. What I found is we need to get to those first level supervisors. That's right. where a lot of our problems start mm -hmm. with leadership. Mm -hmm. They haven't experienced it. They haven't had the opportunity yet. And they're just drawing conclusions from the previous managers that they've had. And that can have, you know, some positive and a lot of negatives mm -hmm. as well. Right. You know, and, and as you said, you know, people tend to leave, and again, whether it's a job, a, a committee, or, or whatever, because that the the person they directly report to isn't good, you know. And 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 we've I've done it, I've seen it, I've been that leader that lost people. Hmm. Um, <laughs> we we all have. That's that's the thing. Well, and sometimes it's it's simple things. It's lack of communication. Um, you know, all, usually that is probably the, the best thing is, it, or the, the most common is that lack of communication, but it's, you know, it's, it's so many things, you know, we assume people know that they're doing a good job or, you know, which, uh, you know, we, we quickly tell people, Hey, you're screwing up, but then we forget to say, Oh my gosh, you did a fabulous job. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and even just how we communicate, you know, I have, have worked with people before who they, it's, it, when they talk about the group, it's always I, 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 me, me, me. And it's like, no, no, it's our, it's we. And, but that comes back to that leadership skill of knowing that it's not just you, because mm -hmm. then it tends to, you know, we think, well, you know, if you think it's just you, fine, then you do it yourself, um, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to we're the team. 
And that's, that's one of the big things that anytime I sit down with a new leader or even that C-level executive, you know, from anybody in between or somebody that's just looking for outside the family or those nonprofit sectors, anything, anytime you get a win, it's your team's win. It's not yours. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for all those losses. Mm-hmm. But you should never take that recognition for the win. Give mm-hmm. it straight to your employees because they see that and they get excited. Right. right? And, the, and the opposite time? happens when they see the other. You know, if they oh, see yeah. that leader yeah. take full credit, they're like, okay, I'll continue to support you, but my level's going down. Yeah, they turn into the, and unfortunately, we've all, I think, been there at one point. Well, I'll be here, but I'm going to do the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And that comes from, you know, nowadays we have leadership by email as well. You know, instead of getting up and actually having a conversation with someone, we take the relationship capital out of it and send an email. And mm-hmm. it's so easy to take something wrong in an email. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about that breakdown of communication. It can be eight in the morning, your first email, you take it wrong. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? You sit there and say, well, I'll be at work, but I'm not going to get much done today. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we get in that mindset, productivity is out the window and it dominoes throughout the rest of those employees. Because mm-hmm. now you're going to have a conversation with someone else and be like, you won't believe what somebody else said to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just continues right. on. Right. And whether it's an email or a text or whatever, you know, it, it, it's so funny. I was just thinking, you know, th- two words. You know, maybe I text you, great job. Mm-hmm. And I put a period as opposed to an exclamation mark. Oh, yeah. you know, something that simple. And, and really, that is simple. And we're thinking, okay, that's simple and silly. But just think of how you read it. Great job. Great job. <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, and, and it's just the same thing as if they stood and, you know, and, and were standing in your door in front of you. If they're saying, great job or great job. You know, and, and really so exactly. think about that. Think about how people are going to interpret what you're saying. Um, you know, and, and, and again, it does sound silly and it sounds stupid, but it, we don't know how people are going to interpret it. And, and putting LOL or happy face or all of those things, it, okay, you know, that, that helps, <laughs> but that's, that's also kind of silly. Yeah, and then, you know, it's the sincerity of things. So some companies don't really don't do anything mm-hmm. for their employees or they have the, you know, hey, we're going to have the company picnic that nobody really wants to Right. Be. To show our appreciation, we're giving you a, a picnic that you have to go to. And oh, by the way, you still have to get all your work done. Yeah. It's going to be on a Saturday, which we mm-hmm. don't normally work, but mm-hmm. you're going to be there. Yeah. And your family can't come. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there's so many other ways that we can truly motivate and inspire our employees that are so simple. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe it's the company that used to give out. I, I don't like personally those prepaid Visa gift cards. They generally just go to gas. So I like to truly get to know my employees, have that relationship built up, mm-hmm. know their likes and dislikes, and then get them a gift certificate to something they actually like. Mm-hmm. Or I like to send out birthday cards to my employees, mm-hmm. right? not at the office, but a handwritten birthday card to their house that they're not really expecting. Mm-hmm. I remember how much it meant to me when I was younger. Now, back in those days, it was just the money that I wanted from grandma. Right. But we don't get that personal experience anymore. And I think that means so much more than, you know, we run around the office five minutes before we give somebody a card and have everybody sign it. And there's mm-hmm. really nothing on it. Right. And, and they write something pithy like, it's great to work with you. <laughs> and, and, and they don't know who you are. Best of luck this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, and it, it's, it, I, I had this great guest on last year. His name is Ray Pikowski. And he runs this huge 
organization that that does trade shows and and it was such fun talking with him because he really values every single employee and and one of the things he he said was he regrets the fact that his company has gotten so large that he doesn't know all of his employees but he has empowered all of his managers to act like he would act and one of the things that we've discussed with him and and then with other people is we might you know we need to to treat our employees, our volunteers, whoever they are, like we're taught in sales. You know, in, in sales, you're told, recognize birthdays, anniversaries, send them cards, all of these things. Well, your staff are your biggest clients, you know, and, and so we need to be treating them that way. You know, I, I use this gentleman out of San Diego. He's actually become a really good friend of mine. He does corporate gifting, mm-hmm. but I use that for my employees. Mm-hmm. So I'll get them, you know, from coming from the military background, we use what are called challenge coins. So I have them make up some challenge coins for us, some extra t-shirts, mm-hmm. hats, um, things along those lines. And he really makes these amazing things up and we'll send those to the employees, whether it be at work or at their house to just say, listen, I appreciate you being here, everything you do for the company. Or if there's ever a time I need them to work overtime, I will go out and thank each and every one of them. Hey, I, I truly appreciate you working overtime for us today. I know there's other things you can be doing. You know, you want to be out with your family and this type of stuff. And you're making that sacrifice to be here for us. I truly appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just doesn't happen anymore. And it truly empowers your employees and gets them just to work just a little bit harder for you. Right. You know, and I love the idea of personalizing it because when every person gets the mug with chocolate in it, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, so we got another mug. But, you know, maybe it's, maybe everybody gets the mug, but something different is in each one. Um, you, you mentioned a, a gift card. I mean, a $5 gift card to your favorite restaurant is pretty cool, uh, you know, and, and because more than anything, it means that somebody paid attention. Um, now, sometimes it is tricky because we don't always know what somebody likes and, and doesn't like. So then you might have to be a little bit more generic, but as the manager, you should be getting to know at least a little bit about people so that you know, okay, they're a sports fan. They're, you know, and, and, and but, you know, okay, folks, if you're giving them something sports related, it better be the right team. <laughs> As we talked about earlier, it can right. get out of control. Right. It, you know, and, and um, you know, and, and so you don't want to, to, you know, offend somebody, mm-hmm. but just taking that extra little bit of time to know, okay, you know, you are the fan of this. And, and maybe it's something as simple as, you know, like, okay, I've got your LinkedIn profile open right here. And so I see that you went to Central Michigan University. So yep. what if I get you a little, you know, Central Michigan University keychain? You know, not a big deal, but it, it meant that I took the time, um, you know, and, and so there are ways to research these things with, you know, without sitting and spending, you know, half an hour talking to somebody. So Patrick, tell me a little bit more about you. Um, That is one thing though, that I encourage those employees to start over those managers to start opening that relationship with the employees. Mm -hmm. So I have them sit down when they first take over their new employees and I want them to go over, you know, what have we done? Well, what are Mm -hmm. some areas you can improve on? What are some things that the team does great? you know, all these different things. And then at the end, I also like them to go over and say, listen, I'd love to, on occasion, when my team does well, recognize them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll be simply a, hey, you're doing a great job. Sometimes it'll be saying that in front of a group. Do you mm-hmm. have a problem with that? Or would you rather just be in private? 
Right. Because some people don't want to be recognized oh, yeah. from a group at all. Mm-hmm. And then I also go with, listen, I, you know, I, I like to think of some gifts outside the box. What are mm-hmm. some type of things you really like? Mm-hmm. Right? Outside of work, what do you like to do? If you don't mind me asking, you don't have to share, but it gives me a better sense of idea of ways that I can, I can personalize some stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that whole conversation takes 10, maybe 15 minutes and you truly get to know them. And now six months from now, you know, say they've done something really good and you're getting ready to get them something. They don't even remember telling you mm-hmm. what it is that they truly like. So they're like, wow, where this person must really pay attention because I don't remember ever telling them anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's other subtle things. You know, there's pictures in the cubicle, yep. um, you know, things like that. There are ways to figure out more about somebody with, you know, that, that then you can use them to, to recognize them and, and honor them. Exactly. And if we don't do that, you know, it first has to be through our words and then our actions. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we don't do that at all, what happens? Well, we get into exactly where we're at right now with this turnover rate that's just continuing to climb. You know, the cost of, you know, I'd rather pay 500 bucks for something, you know, get, get my employees some decent gifts than, you know, $4,500, $4,300 to lose that employee. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and let's, let's say that again. It's cheaper and easier to honor them than to replace them. And, you know, more than anything else, it's just doing the right thing by those employees. Mm-hmm. But we, for some reason, we've gotten out of that line of thinking and it's become acceptable. But if we get back to it and realize, like you said, those employees are, are they're our biggest source in our company, right? Mm-hmm. They make everything happen. Mm-hmm. So we need to get back to really taking care of them the way that they deserve to be treated. Mm-hmm. So speaking of employees and, and, you know, yeah, that's what we've been talking about the whole time. <laughs> now we have one of the, the issues with a huge multi-generational workplace. You know, we've got people who are in their twenties working with people who might be in their sixties or even older. And, you know, obviously we're going to generalize and stereotype a bit here, but, yeah. you know, we've got people who don't have, you know, stereo, you know stereotypically we say um, that, that, you know, Generation Z and um, our millennials don't have good work ethic. Now, you know, we know that's not true for all of them. And, but, you know, your, your late baby boomers, I mean, they're going to put in 60 hours a week and not blink at it. Yeah. How do we work with multi-generational employees, staff, volunteers, whatever it is that, that we've got? And that's the great thing about this epic leadership is if you satisfy those six needs, they're going to be different for each generation. Mm-hmm. But if we make sure we're satisfying those needs, that's what it's important, right? Mm-hmm. Each of them wants certainty, variety, significance, connection, growth, contribution, and some it's more important than others. Mm-hmm. We figure out which ones are important to them and how can we satisfy those needs across the different generations. Mm-hmm. You know, that's we've got five generations now in the workforce for the first time ever. So you can't lead them the same way and you shouldn't lead them the same way because mm-hmm. everybody's a little bit different. So we can apply this method if we truly know our employees, we've built up that relationship, we can find out which needs are more important to them. And customize our leadership for them. Mm-hmm. So we make sure we lead them in a positive environment. And at that rate, it shouldn't matter the generation or anything across those lines. Right. 
You know, and, and I was thinking, for example, millennials. I mean, one of the things that we hear a lot about is that they, that, that, you know, volunteering and things like that are very important to them. So maybe you know that your millennial employees are active volunteers. Well, what if rather than giving them the gift card to their favorite restaurant, you gave a donation to their favorite nonprofit? Um, you know, and, and, but then, you know, somebody who's in their 60s might really, really want that gift card to their favorite restaurant. Same budget, you know, it's $50, $25, whatever it is for each employee. But, you know, again, you personalized it. Yeah, give them that option. You know, would, would you like that $25 bonus around this time frame, or you can choose to donate it to a charity? Mm-hmm. You know, we need to find things that motivate each of those generations. So, you know, it's wonderful millennials, and I happen to be a, a part of that group. Mm-hmm. Um, we love to give back. We love to volunteer and really see where we fit in that big picture. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of different things we can do. A lot of companies do like a casual Friday. Right. We can pay in five bucks mm-hmm. for casual Friday. At the end of the quarter, we can draw, you know, everybody puts in um, some sort of a charity or something they would like that money to go to. And if that charity's chosen, you get to present that check to them. Oh, way cool. So now everybody can give into it. And then once a quarter, it could be your charity that it goes to. Mm-hmm. And you get to present it. So now it has even more meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's just those small things that people get caught up in. Oh, we need to do something that costs a lot of money. Or you know what? It's just the millennials. That's their generation. They just don't work hard. No, it's just we... We all need to be led a little bit differently and the millennials and the generations that are coming after us. As of right now, we truly want to give back in a different mm-hmm. way. Right. You know, and, and that's not to say that the, you know, the, the baby boomers don't want that also, no. um, you know, and, and, and I think many people really want to give back. And, and so mm-hmm. it's a great way to think about how you can do that, you know, and, and, but again, think about how it is overall. You know, I worked for companies before who said, we are going to go volunteer for X organization. I'm like, you know what? I don't like that organization. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't want to be associated with it, you know, or, you know, all these various things. So it's, you know, maybe it is that you give everybody a day where they can go do whatever they want. Um, you know, and, and it, will you have those that totally screw off? Well, yeah, maybe. But for the most part, they're going to respect the fact that, that you said, you know, that or, or set up multi, you know, several things, you know, maybe you've got five things for them to choose from, you know, you can go be, you know, you can go work at an animal shelter for a day, a Habitat for Humanity house, you know, whatever it is, so that they have options. You know, the worst thing is when they feel like they're forced to go do it. Exactly. You said you you may not agree with their values, maybe they align themselves with a certain political side, and you don't agree with that. Right. And then now you're causing somebody to either go against their beliefs, mm-hmm. which, you know, as soon as you get started on that, you're going down a really bad route to the point where the whole thing gets shut down because now you've got employees that say, well, I'm not going to go for that one. Mm-hmm. We said, give them some options. Let them go. Hey, you know, what? if you want to bring a new idea to me, a new place that we work with, bring it up to me. Mm-hmm. Right. That way I can just check it out, make sure it's reputable. And then we can go from there because we want to make sure the company is protected too. And we're giving back to, you know, reputable organization. But now they can have a say in it. Hey, where do you guys want to volunteer at? Mm -hmm. What would make you excited? You know, do we get together as a, as a group and maybe on one Saturday, a quarter, or maybe even just once a year, we work with Habitat for Humanity, but 
we can let our employees decide and truly empower them because you know our employees have some of the best ideas, mm-hmm. but we as managers don't take the time to figure out what it is that they think or they want. Right. Well, let's take this a little bit further to something that, that you and I were talking about before the, the program began, and that is true conflicts in the workplace where, you know, we have the, the, the people who, you know, we, we were jokingly talking sports, um, you know, where, you know, my team beats your team, um, you know, or, you know, things. And then obviously politics. I mean, you know, as, as we're, we're recording this, it's a little bit early in the year, but, you know, by the time this airs, most of the elections for this year will have been held. And it's been in, in many, many cases, very contentious, um, you know, and, and we can go from being very respectful to not respectful very quickly, um, you know. But at the same point, we can't tell people you cannot discuss politics, religion, or sports in the workplace because then they're they're still going to. I mean, we're human beings. Yeah. So how do we deal with conflicts in the workplace? And and I, you know, this is a really broad topic. So that's we're going to be very broad in the answer. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and you know, basically, it's about just making sure our employees feel respected in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Right? As soon as maybe we get into one of those disagreements, and we'll just use sports because politics can get very heated. Very right, quick. right. Okay, but, so so my CU buffs and your Michigan. Oh gosh, I just forgot what Michigan is. Your maize and blue Michigan people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, a couple of years ago, we had that game that was really close. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe the next day, we both come to work. Mm-hmm. and me as a Michigan fan, so we ended up winning. I start discussing it with you, and then you're like, well, we almost beat you. Well, right. you remember Appalachian State when they beat you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> down that path, right. mm-hmm. it's going to get very heated. So what do mm-hmm. we do? It's it's our job to make sure, listen, you know, everybody's got an opinion, and that's great, but let's be respectful of each other. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not going to sit there and say, you can't talk about this, or you can't talk about that, because it's going to happen anyways. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to encourage each of my employees, if I see something, see everybody getting excited and heated about it. I'll sit them down. Listen, let's be respectful. Let's take the time. We value both of your opinions. However, it's still a professional environment. Mm-hmm. So it's just reminding them, you know, we have open communication, but there's still anytime it gets excitable like that, we, we need to be respectful of each other. And it's our jobs as managers to ensure that they know there's that open communication along with the respectfulness that each employee deserves. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's fun talking smack, yes. and then there's not. And and it's funny because it can cross that line very quickly. Um, you know, and, and frequently what happens is it's the third person who walks up who, who misinterprets or mishears or adds a, a, you know, a sly little comment. And, you know, but it, as you mentioned, it is about having that respect. So, you know, it's okay to say, you know, Hey, wasn't that a great game? You know, all these various things, but then we leave it at that. Yeah. And it's all going to be, you know, we might not think anything about it when we say it, mm-hmm. but how does that other person perceive it? Right. That's what it really matters and comes down to. And if somebody's walking by and we say something that's even questionable, we are absolutely in the wrong. Mm-hmm. We need to ensure we're respectful of everybody. And it doesn't matter who's around that we make sure we say the right things. And mm-hmm. You know, you, you can have fun and you can talk a little smack to each other. You need to be aware of where that boundary is. And it's a little different for each work environment and how the relationships are established in there. But the point is they're still aligned. It still needs to be drawn and never crossed. Mm-hmm. And I think probably the easiest way is just remember if the tables were turned. 
You know, if your team lost as opposed to winning, what would you not want to hear? Exactly. And another big aspect of that is, well, just because that person was able to talk smack last year doesn't mean that now, you know, those tables are turned and I'm going to start doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to be that respectful individual, still draw that line. Hey, you know what? It was a really good game. We really did crush you, but you guys played pretty hard. I, you know, it was mm-hmm. a great game. Right. So, that was a, a heck of a pass in the fourth quarter or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just still, still take a little poke, but, and have, you know, have that little rivalry, but it can never get to that extent where it's going to start affecting performance, productivity, and really discontent in that workforce. Mm-hmm. Well, and then we toss in that little thing called social media where, you know, and and we're not talking LinkedIn. You know, here I am specifically talking Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, 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 where, (laughs) you know, maybe we are friends with our coworkers, the people we, you know, are volunteering with, you know, all these various things, our boss. eh, I always have people that tell me I'm friends with my boss on Facebook and I say, hmm, Maybe you shouldn't do that. Uh, and, and it's not it, it just for a variety of reasons. I mean, you know, and, and I mean, you mentioned you know, what happens if you were best friends and then all of a sudden one of you becomes the boss. You know, situations change. And the problem with Facebook, and I talk to people about this in my trainings, is we think that that computer monitor is a shield and we can say whatever we want and we're protected. And, you know, yes, you can say whatever you want. I mean, you know, that is that is one of the benefits of, of being, you know, in, in the United States is you can say, basically, you know, obviously there are still some restrictions, but, you know, you can, you can talk smack. Let's just make it you oh, know, yeah. <laughs> easy that way. You know, no threats of violence, no, none of, none of those, you know, things like that. But, um, you know, so you might be, you know, Facebook friends with these people. And so you are posting extreme political views, one side or the other. Seriously, it doesn't matter which which one. Um, or, you know, it, it, we're talking sports again. All those various things. You know, I've, I've seen companies that have gone way too far with saying, you know, okay, you can't be on Facebook. Now, that said, there are some industries that actually regulate um, financial services, things like, um, you know, healthcare. You know, there are some of those that, that very tightly regulate your use of social media. So we're, we're just going to put those guys aside and just talk about the average companies where they have said, you know, you can't be on social media, all these various things. But you know, that's, that's an extreme. People are going to do it anyway. You know, I've had people come up to me and say, well, my company has banned Facebook. Um, so I just started an account in my dog's name. And I tell me, you know what, your boss is not that stupid. Um, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. Don't lose your job because you want to be on Facebook. Yeah. But I do recommend that companies have a social media policy. You certainly don't want them talking negative about your company, um, you know, and, and even on their personal pages. And that is where it is very, very tricky. And the laws are still changing, evolving, all these various things. But, you know, it, 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 it's just one of those things. I tell people, you know, if you don't want your, your, your spouse, your religious leader, you know, rabbi, priest, yep. minister, whoever, or your boss... To, to read it, don't post it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's just my basic thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Grandma's good. If you don't want grandma to see it, no. Um, you know, but how, how do you see that that is something that is, is more and more an issue in the workplace is people's use of social media? Yeah, social media is absolutely huge. It's 
become somewhat of an addiction for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of people already that have gotten fired for what they posted on social media. Right. You said it's still one of those gray areas. Um, but whether or not your company says, okay, we're going to look at your social media and then, you know, we're going to fire you based off of that. That can be a very tricky employment law. Oh, yeah. Situation. But your boss could still see that and draw mm-hmm. conclusions. Mm-hmm. Right? We're still human. We still draw those biases off each other. So I just want to make sure I'm never giving anybody any ammo over me. Right. right? I want to make sure I operate like my grandma would want to see it. And, um, you know, those type of things. I, just, I want to make sure it's a positive environment. I want to mm-hmm. add value to somebody through it, not those opposite ways. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. We, we all have a voice for politics. We all have, you know, our opinions and our beliefs. And that's okay. And it's okay to share them. But in my opinion, it's still got to be in that respectful manner. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, social, social media as a whole, or in general, even our cell phones have just become such a problem. You know, the average individual touches their phone over 2000 times a day. Mm-hmm. And my top 10% touches it 5000 times a day. Eek. Yeah, I know, right? Like, wow, that's a little excessive. That's called addiction. <laughs> yes. And that's why, you know, a lot of companies are coming up with, oh, you can't have your cell phone at work. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, now I've got my smartwatch. My right. smartwatch, I can still get on Facebook. I can still do all these mm-hmm. other things. You know, technology is continu- continuing to evolve. So my biggest aspect of that is if I'm power- empowering my employees, if I'm leading them the right way, Sure, there's going to be times where, unfortunately, you know, they, they get off track, they check Facebook, they get on, you know, LinkedIn or something along those lines. But for the most part, I'm going to have faith in my employees because of the way I'm leading them and taking care of them. Mm-hmm. That the majority of the time, they are going to do that right thing. Right. It it comes back to that word that we have been saying over and over again, and that's respect. Um, you know, I worked with a company one time who had the policy that you could not access and Facebook and they I believe they specifically said Facebook because they they wanted people to be on LinkedIn you know all these but they said you cannot access Facebook during working hours now you can set your com- your office computers you know there are programs that you can yep. you can do things where you can you know ban those things but they all of a sudden wondered why so many people spent so much time in the bathroom well, it's because they were in there with their cell phones on Facebook you know and and so I told them I said take away that policy you know, and, and just tell people, you know, be respectful of the company's time. You know, if you feel like you have to check Facebook, then limit it to 10 minutes a day or, you know, whatever it is. And and it was funny because once they told people, hey, you're adults and we're going to treat you like that, people stopped accessing it at all. I mean, it was like, oh, well, you know, you, you tell a 16-year-old boy you can't do something and he's going to break his neck trying to do it. <laughs> and, you know, and, and so then when you say, no, it's okay, he's like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, you know, same thing with, with adult employees. You can't do that. They're going to figure out some way to do it. Yeah. If it's, okay, do it, but be respectful, they're like, eh, okay, lost, lost the interest in it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and if, if we're treating with them res- with respect, like you said, and then my second big thing is empowering them. Mm-hmm. I want to empower them. If I give them that responsibility and say, listen, you know what? If you're going to be on your phone, that's fine. You're still responsible for this work. Right. Here's what needs to get done. Do it however you want or within these parameters. I trust you. Mm-hmm. Tr- empower them. Then it shows, wow, I'm somebody's looking out for me. Somebody cares about right. really me being independent and being able to work on my mm-hmm. stuff. Right. 
And that comes back to what we were saying before with the multi-generational employees. Um, you know, it, millennials in, you know, are known for kind of wanting more flexible hours. You know, if I can get, you know, all my work done in six hours, then why can't I get all my work done in six hours? Why are you going to make me sit there for another two? Um, you know, or why can't I come in later or, or work later? Um, you know, and, and a lot of baby boomers tend to be more of the, you're going to tell me what hours I'm going to be here. That's when I'm going to be there and I'm not going to work any extra. Um, yeah. You know, so again, it, it's all about knowing your employees, each one, and what works best for them. Exactly. And if you don't do that, and if you try and lead them each the same way, you know, it, it just falls apart so fast. And we mm-hmm. wonder why there's issues and we accept the turnover. Well, it's because we're not adapting with those employees with the mm-hmm. different generations. Right. You know, and some of it comes back to the, the very start with hiring the right employees at the start. Um, you know, so having clear you know, when, when you post a job or offer it or do the interview, you know, kind of all of those various little steps, letting them know what the expectations are, uh, and, you know, and, and getting somebody that's right to start with, as opposed to trying to, you know, put that, that, that round peg into that square hole once you've hired them. Yeah, and this is another area that really, um, in a sense, kind of gets under my skin. I, I'm all about having a diverse workforce. Mm-hmm. I want different generations. I want people who don't think the same. Right. I don't want a yes person because I want that difference of opinion. I mm-hmm. want to think of things in a different way because that's what moves us forward. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what I found is a lot of companies, you lose an employee. Okay, we'll go back and we'll just post it on Indeed, Career Builder, something along those lines. We go back to the exact same applicant pool Right. Where we got the last three people who didn't work out. Mm-hmm. We need to have a recruiting plan. We need to figure out new ways. And that's another thing that I help companies with is developing a recruiting plan, looking in different areas for that diversity to truly take that business to the next step. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's where, whether you're a company of, you know, five or 5,000, you really have to, as you mentioned, have that recruiting plan. Um, you know, and, and even if you're hiring, say, seasonal workers, you want them to be there for that full season. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so what is it that you are doing? And, and it, you know, I laughingly said earlier, you know, that we all have the job descriptions that say and other duties as assigned. And, and of course, we see those in um, job applications, too. You might be assigned other duties. You know, it, that's okay. I mean, we have to do that because there, you know, very rarely is there you go to this job and you do X, Y, Z always over, over again. Um, But when we have managed those expectations at the start, then we're going to have a happier workforce. Yeah. We, you know, and that's another thing when you sit down with that employee, you sit down and say, listen, there's things in here. Let's go through that job description. Mm -hmm. Let's go through your performance reviews, you know, a blank one. And I want you to know exactly what you're going to be held accountable to. And then I always give the caveat, there are going to be some things that I ask you that aren't listed here, mm-hmm. but here's the reason why I'm doing that. Here's where it falls under in your um, you know, evaluation period, those type of things. So that way it's already out there and I don't get the, well, that's not in my job description because mm-hmm. we always fall back to, it's one of our favorite things as a manager, like you said, and other duties as a sign. Mm-hmm. Like get that conversation out of the way in the first place, get them excited and give them some of that variety in their job. Right. You know, and we can tell them, there will be some things that I'm going to ask you to do that you might not be thrilled at. 
but I'm going to try and make the majority of what you do things that you, you really want to do. Yeah, I like to set goals with my employees too. You know, hey, what, what are your goals here? Is it mm-hmm. to grow professionally, you know, to be a leader? And then I like to tailor it. Listen, there's going to be some times when I ask you things that aren't your job description, but it's to help develop you towards a leader. Right. I'm going to, you know, as you progress here with the company, I'm going to delegate some additional tasks to you to grow you for that next leadership role. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's funny as we're talking through all of this, I keep coming back to the fact that you spent 14 years in the Marine Corps, yeah. which has now this is this is totally my Hollywood perception of <laughs> of, of the Marines, a shall we say different leadership perspective, <laughs> you know? and 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 so you know, but I, I mean, clearly military has to have very specific types of of uh, you know roles and and leaders and and things like that. But do you feel that being in the Marines really did set you in this course that you have come on? To, to say, okay, we have to have diversity. We have to have empowerment. And that's not to say the military doesn't. I mean, you know, that's, right. but, but it is, it's maybe a different, but, you know, it does seem to me that, you know, the Marines are a little bit different than what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, the Marines gave me the best foundation for leadership I could ever think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day you, you step on the recruit training grounds, you get started in your leadership training. It doesn't end until well after you're out. Right. So it gave me a good foundation, but I did realize one of the big things that I needed to adjust with it was some of that emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can be a little bit more strict in, in some areas in the military than you will be out in the civilian side. So I had to realize, you know, some self-awareness, self-management, maybe some of the social awareness and that relationship management and truly realize, you know, I can't be in a dictator role or it's no longer, you know, if, if I ask you to do something, an employee asks why, I can't get mad at that. Right. right? When Recor, if I told somebody to do something and they were ranked below me, they did it. don't get a why, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, they, or if they get the why, they're not going to like the answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But now it's okay. Understanding they just want to know their significance and whatever role I'm asking them to do. Mm-hmm. When I can ask somebody and it sounds simple, but I've seen it happen. Hey, I need you to go take out the trash. And they'll just kind of look at you and be like, okay, well, why is that? And then you're like, well, you know, part of me wants to say, well, I just told you to take out the trash. Like it's nothing. Uh, because I told you is not the best answer. Exactly. It doesn't work. And if you start that aspect with people, it's very easy for them to leave. Mm-hmm. But instead, you say, listen, we're going to take out the trash because we operate in a cleanly environment. We're just keeping up with our standards. And it's sh- your turn. <laughs> we take turns here. You know, it's, everybody's going to do this once a week. It helps us create that standard of a working professional environment that makes it better for you and the customers. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, okay, that's awesome. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. It can be something small. But if we get used to that now, because, you know, we get asked all the time that why by our employees. Mm-hmm. And it's our job and our responsibility to truly tell them. And it's hard for us as leaders to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of times we do want to respond with a, because I told you to, or I'm the boss. <laughs> exactly. you know, and, and, and now granted, there are times where sometimes that is exactly the answer they get. Um, you know, maybe it's a time constraint thing or, or something like that. But mm-hmm. if that's the case, then go back later. And explain to them, okay, here's why I asked you to do that. 
Yeah. You know, it's just taking that time, continuing to be respectful with them and empowering them. All those things we've talked about today in the littlest of conversations makes a huge impact with that employee. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a time when you're in a rush or maybe you're in a bad mood and you weren't paying attention and they asked why and you said, you know what, because I said so. And you end up, you know, going on to that next thing. Mm -hmm. You have to circle back around and let them know, Hey, you know what? I wasn't able to give you the good explanation at the Mm -hmm. time because I was in the middle of something. Here's that why. Mm -hmm. And maybe start with, thank you for doing that. Here's why. (laughs) And and yeah. and make it sincere, not just thanks for doing that. Um, you know. Yeah, and you can't turn it into the thank you monster either, mm-hmm. right? Hey, thanks for showing up to work today. I truly appreciate you. Right. Mm-hmm. We're doing that every day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when they do a great job, when they do those things for you, when you have that bad attitude and they're still upbeat or still willing to do those things for you, uh, in my opinion, those are all scenarios where I want to say, listen, I truly appreciate you being here. I appreciate all the work you do for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and let's, let's flip it the other way too. We, as the employee can tell our managers, thank you also, Um, you know, because we forget that they're, you know, they're just doing a job. You know, sometimes they've been told, you know, you do this because um, type of thing. And, and so, you know, sometimes it is just a matter of saying, Hey, you know, thanks, thanks for giving me that extra hour, you know, to, to come in later today or, you know, whatever it is they need to be appreciated also. Yeah, we need to start that culture within our work itself. Mm-hmm. Right? So if our employees see us saying thank you once in a while to our boss or our manager, mm-hmm. that's going to come full circle. But somebody in that company has to start creating the culture and has to start now. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, it, it is those simple things. It's saying thank you. It's saying please, um, you know, smiling, all of those various things. And, you know, there is the golden rule concept, you know, do unto others as, as you, you know, would do and, you know, it, it done, I mean, just totally messed up the golden rule. Um, <laughs> you know, treat people like you want to be treated. There we go. Um, and, you know, so if you don't want to be yelled at, then don't yell at other people. Uh, you know, if you want to be respected, then you have to respect others. Yeah, you set the tone for that company, right? Maybe a, an employee comes up to you and they're very, ups- they're very upset and they're heated and they're getting ready to yell and you say, listen, I understand you may be upset at this moment. Here's what I'd like to do. Take five minutes, go mm-hmm. into the break room, cool down. And I want you to think of some ways and solutions we can have for this problem. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the next five minutes and do that same thing. And mm-hmm. let's come back together. And let's come up with a solution together. Right. right. Instead of all of a sudden we're, well, you can't get upset. You're not allowed to have feelings in this company. Go away. Go do your job and do what I told you to do. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I uh, taught at, at uh, Metro State University in Denver, and one of the the things that I taught was communication skills and kind of the the power. And I'm putting those in my little air quotes type of thing, <laughs> where like the manager, you know, you're seated and your manager is standing. Mm-hmm. And and so there's automatically that oh dear type of, of thought by the employee, yeah. um, you know, or if if they've yelled, then you start yelling, you know. And so the easiest way to de-escalate something is to lower your voice, um, you know, mimic their actions or don't mimic their actions. All these various things, and you know, it's it's it, it all it to me this is just fascinating. You know, I uh, one of my students was oh, well over six feet tall. And I asked him, I said, do you notice that people step back from you? And he said, 
yes. I said, does it bother you? He said, well, I've wondered why. And I said, well, it's because you're towering over them. Mm. And, and so you've put them in a position of being submissive simply by standing. Um, yeah. And so, you know, and, and you know, to, to come back full circle, you know, we always, you know, think of the Marines where you've got the, the drill sergeant who's in somebody's <laughs> face yelling at them and towering over them. You know, think about that as that, that leader, you know, how can you make them feel more comfortable, you know, and in most situations now, yes, there are times where, okay, you, there are, you know, sometimes you just have to do, you know, you have to yell. I mean, I hate to say that, but you know, some, some things like that, but the vast majority of the time, how can you take it down a notch or two to make it something where it is going to be a more beneficial conversation? Yeah, that's one of those tenets that we talk about with Epic Leadership is that effective communication. Mm-hmm. So what I always try and make sure I keep in mind and that those that I coach and consult keep in mind is every interaction you have with a person or every time they even see you, you're either opening that gates to a communication or closing it. Right. Or if you're standing around the entire day or most of the day and your arms are crossed and you're just staring out across the shop or out across your office, people don't want to come up and talk to mm-hmm. you generally. Right. Are you sure you're when you're off? walking toward them, do they go the other direction? Yeah. Do you notice them walking all the way around the shop mm-hmm. just to avoid right, you? Right, right. Um, but all these different things that come into play, and you have to be able to open those doors of communication. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, oh, good gosh. Patrick, <laughs> we are at the top of the hour. So tell folks how they can find you and connect with you online. So you can find me on Facebook at Shepler Consulting. You can also find me on my personal page on Facebook or LinkedIn. It's Patrick Shepler. And then you can go to my website at shepplerconsulting.com. Any one of those, if you reach out, if you have a question for me, let me know. I will also have that Building the Foundations of Epic Leadership in 20 Days available if you let me know. Great. Perfect. Well, you know, as I mentioned when we were chatting before the program even began, this is something that we could talk about for a long time. So I'm certain that we will have you on again. Um, So Patrick, this really has been delightful. Well, thank you, Deb. It was absolutely my pleasure. Um, It flew by. Great. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a wonderful time talking with Patrick Shepler. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.